This is May 10th, and you are listening to the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. My name is Blake Farley, and I am honored that, yet again, you're joining us for another day as we continue our journey through the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Let's go ahead and jump in with our Old Testament reading today, 1 Samuel chapter 8 and 9. As Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons to be judges over Israel. Joel and Abijah, his oldest sons, held court in Beersheba. But they were not like their father, for they were greedy for money. They accepted bribes and perverted justice. Finally, all the elders of Israel met at Ramah to discuss the matter with Samuel. Look, they told him, you are now old, and your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge us like the other nations have. Samuel was displeased with their request and went to the Lord for guidance. Do everything they say to you, the Lord replied, for they are rejecting me not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods. And now they are giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will rule over them. So let's pause. Up to this point in the journey, um, you know, scripture has been really this one beautiful story uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, the people of Israel do not have a king. So this this whole book is a kingdom book. The book, I mean Bible. Genesis, there's a perfect kingdom in which God rules. The people uh, don't challenge God in any way. They, they're walking and working with God with perfect peace and perfect harmony. And then people sin, which is to miss the mark of what God does. They eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why would you want knowledge of good and evil? So that you could decide for yourself what is good and what is evil. Who gets to decide what is good and evil? The king, the leader, is basically making themselves kings in their own life, which is what you and I do to this day. We, we want to decide for ourselves what is good and what is evil. Well, that always leads to wickedness, which is what happens to the people of Israel. They uh, eventually end up in slavery in Egypt. God frees them from Egypt and leads them into the promised land after a very long journey. And through all this time, they have not had a king. God has served as their king. God is the right king, putting everything in order. People being people want power. Like, no, we want to be like everybody else. We want to have kings. And God says, okay, if you want a king, you're going to have a king. But just understand that there is no king like me. And it's not going to go well for you. And by the way, when Jesus comes back, he comes as a, as he's going to come as a ruling king. He was a suffering servant the first time he came. Uh, and now he is a king over his kingdom. In which if you are a Christian, you trust in Jesus, you are in that kingdom. You no longer decide what is good and evil for yourself. God or Jesus decides that for you. You repent from your wisdom to his wisdom. And when he comes back, he's going to restore everything back to the way it's supposed to be, right and true as the true king that he is. That is the good news. That is the gospel for those of us who trust in Jesus, his perfect righteous life, his atoning death, and his victorious, decisive resurrection. Moving on with the story. So Samuel passed on the Lord's warning to the people who were asking him for a king. This is how a king will reign over you, Samuel said. The king will draft your sons and assign them to his chariots and his charioteers, making them run before his chariots. Some will be generals and captains in his army. Some will be forced to plow in his fields and harvest his crops. Some will make his weapons and chariot equipment. The king will take your daughters from you and force them to cook and bake and make perfumes for him. He will take away the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his own officials. 
He will take a tenth of your grain and your grape harvest and distribute it among his officers and attendants. He will take your male and female slaves and demand the finest of your cattle and donkeys for his own use. He will demand a tenth of your flocks, and you will be his slaves. When that day comes, you will beg for relief from this king you are demanding. But then the Lord will not help you. But the people refused to listen to Samuel's warning. Even so, we still want a king. They said, We want to be like the nations around us. Our king will judge us and lead us into battle. So Samuel repeated to the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord replied, Do as they say. Give them a king. And by the way, friends, God will allow you to be the king or queen of your kingdom as long as you want to be. But you need to understand the warning that you will be led into destruction. That's not a threat. It's just a promise because you are not as good of a king as God is. He is one who leads to life. Any other king leads you into death. And what often happens is being the king or queens of our own lives, we get ourselves into a big mess and then we ask God why he didn't stop it. God will allow you to be the king of your own life if that's what you truly want. Continuing on. Then Samuel agreed and sent the people home. There was a wealthy, influential man named Kish from the tribe of Benjamin. He was the son of Abiel, son of Zeor, son of Becherath, son of Aphiath of the tribe of Benjamin. His son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel, head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the land. One day Kish's donkeys strayed away, and he told Saul, Take a servant with you and go look for the donkeys. So Saul took one of the servants and traveled through the hill country of Ephraim, the land of Shalashah in the Shalem area, and the entire land of Benjamin. But they couldn't find the donkeys anywhere. Finally, they entered the region of Zuf, and Saul said to his servants, Let's go home. By now my father will be more worried about us than about the donkeys. But the servant said, I've just thought of something. There is a man of God who lives here in this town. He is held in high honor by all the people because everything he says comes true. Let's go find him. Perhaps he can tell us which way to go. But we don't have anything to offer him, Saul replied. Even our food is gone, and we don't have a thing to give him. Well, the servant said, I have one small silver piece. We can at least offer it to the man of God and see what happens. In those days, if people wanted a message from God, they would say, let's go ask and ask the seer, for prophets used to be called seers. All right, Saul agreed. Let's try it. So they started into the town where the man of God lived. As they were climbing the hill to the town, they met some young women coming out to draw water. So Saul and his servant asked, is the seer here today? Yes, they replied. Stay right on this road. He is at the town gates. He has just arrived to take part in a public sacrifice up at the place of worship. Hurry and catch him before he goes up there to eat. The guests won't begin eating until he arrives to bless the food. So they entered the town, and as they passed through the gates, Samuel was coming out toward them to go up to the place of worship. Now, the Lord had told Samuel the previous day, About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him to be the leader of my people, Israel. He will rescue them from the Philistines, for I have looked down on my people in mercy and have heard their cry. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, that's kind of a uh, confusing thing to say, by the way. When Samuel saw Saul, three S's in a row. If you want a tongue twister today, try to say that five times fast. <laughs> when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said, that's the man I told you about. He will rule my people. Just then Saul approached Samuel at the gateway and asked, can you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up to the place of worship ahead of me. We will eat there together, and in the morning 
I'll tell you what you want to know and send you on your way. And don't worry about those donkeys. They were lost three days ago, for they have been found. And I am here to tell you that you and your family are the focus of all Israel's hopes. How would you like to hear that? Like you're out looking for some donkeys. You go find this guy and uh, he's like, hey, yeah, your donkeys, I know you're worried about them. They're fine. But uh, you actually are going to be the focus of all the hopes of the entire nation. Can you imagine somebody saying that to you? I I was just looking for my dad's donkeys. That's a lot of weight to be on my shoulders. (laughs) Saul replied, But I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel, and my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking like this to me? Then Samuel brought Saul and his servants into the hall and placed them at the head of the table, honoring them above the thirty special guests. Samuel then instructed the cook to bring Saul the finest cut of meat, the piece that had been set aside for the guest of honor. So the cook brought in the meat and placed it before Saul. Go ahead and eat it, Samuel said. I was saving it for you even before I invited these others. So Saul ate with Samuel that day. When they came down from the place of worship and returned to town, Samuel took Saul up to the roof of the house and prepared a bed for him there. At daybreak the next morning, Samuel called to Saul, Get up. It's time you are on your way. So Saul got ready, and he and Samuel left the house together. When they reached the edge of town, Samuel told Saul to send his servants on ahead. After the servants were gone, Samuel said, Stay here, for I have received a special message for you from God. That concludes our Old Testament reading for the day. Moving on to the New Testament, John chapter 6, verse 22 through verse 42. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat, and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed together through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who has sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, 
but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at that last day. Then the people began to murmur in disagreement, because he had said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say, I come down from heaven? And that concludes our New Testament reading. A lot of people are interested in the miracles of Jesus, um, but they miss the point that the purpose of the miracles is to point to Jesus himself. Jesus is the miracle. Even to this day, the reason, if you ask for healing, you ask for a miracle, the purpose of it is so that people might know Jesus. He is the miracle, not the thing that you're praying for. I still, to this day, uh, believe people get this so mixed up. And Jesus says here, you guys are missing it. You want me to create bread out of nothing, but you're missing the point. I am the true bread. I am the one that you should be excited about, not bread coming from heaven. Moving on to the Proverbs of the day. We are going to be in Proverbs 14, verses 34 and 35. Godliness makes a nation great, but sin is a disgrace to any people. A king rejoices in wise servants, but is angry with those who disgrace him. And finally, we will be prayerfully reading Psalm 106, verses 32 through 48. I'll read the whole thing and pray at the end. As always, I'd encourage you to stop as you feel led uh, and have a conversation with God. Jumping in at verse 32. At Meribah, too, they angered the Lord, causing Moses serious trouble. They made Moses angry, and he spoke foolishly. Israel failed to destroy the nations in the land as the Lord had commanded them. Instead, they mingled among the pagans and adopted their evil customs. They worshipped their idols, which led to their downfall. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. They shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, by sacrificing them to the idols of Canaan. They polluted the land with murder. They defiled themselves by their evil deeds, and their love of idols was adultery in the Lord's sight. That is why the Lord's anger burned against his people, and he abhorred his own special possession. He handed them over to the pagan nations, and they were ruled by those who hated them. Their enemies crushed them and brought them under their cruel power. Again and again he rescued them, but they chose to rebel against him, and they were finally destroyed by their sin. Even so, he pitied them in their distress and listened to their cries. He remembered his covenant with them and relented because of his unfailing love. He even caused their captors to treat them with kindness. Save us, O Lord our God. Gather us back from among the nations, so we can thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Yes, Father, and we do praise you for your salvation. Thank you, uh, God, that over and over we choose to be our own kings and queens. We choose to chase after uh, what the kingdoms of this world would say is important. And yet, Lord, continually you are there. As we repent and we turn back to you, you forgive us and you allow us to trust in your son Jesus to forgive us once and for all for our sins and to purify us, to give us the will and the desire and the power through the Holy Spirit to actually live as kingdom citizens. Lord, I pray that all who have trusted in you would continue to trust in you today. They would renew that trust, repenting from their wisdom to your wisdom. And Lord, I pray maybe somebody out there for the very first time would say, I want Jesus to be my king. 
and they would repent from their way of life to his way of life because it is the only way to true eternal life. Lord, we love you, and it is in your name that we do these readings and all that we do. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for this May 10th reading of the One Year Bible. Let me know what you thought, and I hope to see you back here tomorrow for another day of reading through the Bible together.